Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stat 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How could the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. What's happening, peeps? Uh, welcome to Inside the Sequel. This is the show where we talk about sequel movies that really don't get the love or attention they deserve. Um, and that's what we do here. We bring them to light uh, for love and admiration. Uh, if this is your first time, welcome. I'm so happy to have new ears. Uh, if you're tuning in again, uh, thanks again for your patience on listening to this podcast. I'm sure it will get better, especially with today's guest. Um, but last week, if you missed it, we talked about Gremlins 2 with first-time guest Noah Klein, who was terrific can't wait to have Noah back on there. I hope the cum sock joke didn't scare him away, most much like our listeners. Um, but it was really fun. But today we're going to tackle the 1990 sequel, Child's Play 2. Take your breath away. This fall, Chucky rules. Did you miss me, Andy? I sure missed you. Child's Play 2. Keep an eye out for it. And this is a first time watch for me, so I need some help on it. And who... Um, who was better than to bring onto the show was the guy who wanted to talk about it. And I cannot thank him enough because without him, I probably wouldn't have watched this movie. Um, we have a very special guest. He's the host of the very awesome podcast show called the terror table, which you should all listen to. It's the wonderful, uh, host of that show. His name is Mitch Oliver. Mitch, why don't you say hi? Hey man. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. I have like the aroma, um, uh, what is it? The essential oils here. Cause I'm like so nervous and like excited at the same time. Hell like, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's going to be a good time. I love your show. I know you're, you've still like, it's a pretty new show, but I've been listening and, uh, I've obviously got to know you through our mutual friend, Daniel Epler of the cobwebs podcast. Yeah. And I don't know, man, I just, uh, I feel like I, uh, I'm a kindred spirit with you and, and Daniel and Nathan Jones and all the other lovely people that Daniel has on that show. I love listening to you guys. So uh, I'm just happy to be a part of it, man. And I love the I love your format for this show. This is an awesome idea for a podcast. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Um, uh, Daniel and I, we talk all the time. He was my college roommate, best buddy. Um, when he uh, t- took me on to your show, 
he was like, you got to listen to this podcast. It's awesome. And I did. And as soon as I heard the metal guitar riffs playing, um, the introductions, I was like, oh, dude, this is like going to be like a, a must listen to show. And, and it has been that. Um, I just love what you're doing that you guys are talking about like movies and I, you know, you guys are talking about movies like I've never watched before. I've even heard of. And I love that when people are talking about like obscure titles that aren't like boutique or pretentious, you know, like yeah. I get excited because it's like that reminds me of like high school all over again when you're oh, going man. to family video, get whatever. If that's the case, you're going to have to have Boozy on because he's the master of the underbelly of the Internet. <laughs> he, he finds <laughs> mo- he not- finds movies that no one like I, I granted I gave him Tubi. I, I got him on the Tubi train, uh, which everyone should be on by now if they're not. I know this is another ad. Hey, Daniel, you know that I'm spitting out another ad for Tubi. But it's amazing, man. I've been watching so much good stuff on that free app. Yeah, yeah. Mans is got us. everything. Daniel Mans is like, he's snapping me all the time, like about to hit that Tubi life right now. And he's like <laughs> yep. sending me like the logo when it uploads. I'm like, damn, I need to get on that. <laughs> oh, it's awesome, man. That's such a good selection, especially for people who are like, like us who love these really obscure movies that, you know, people I can see behind you, you have an awesome Blu-ray collection behind you, and I'm a collector as well. Uh, but lots of people just don't have the money to spend on this kind of stuff, or they don't want to take a gamble on something. And Tubi's a great place to develop your love for this stuff. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I'm 100% agree. Like, physical collecting, it's not for everyone. I don't even recommend it to everyone. No. I do say what you do love buy because i am such an advocate if you love a movie own it because you never know if it's going to be there or not to stream but yeah uh tubi sounds like such an awesome streaming service that i need to get a part of i've been kind of like detoxing from streaming to watch all my physical shit because it's just piling on (laughs) i hear that too man i've been there (laughs) yeah so uh but yeah if it's free you gotta watch it and actually the movie we're talking about today child's play 2 um i could not find it on any streaming except hbo max And I was like, damn, it's like if I want to watch these movies and I like them, I might just have to buy them because I'm not subscribing to HBO Max. Got to buy the seven movie collection. (laughs) Got to buy this thing, man. This thing is awesome, especially if uh, I still don't know what you thought of Child's Play 2, but I'm I'm very anxious to hear. But if you are enjoying it, I highly recommend picking up that box set because these movies are a ton of fun. Yeah. Daniel, actually, when when you tapped me. okay, so listeners, Mitch slid into my DMs. Um, I usually don't get that often unless it's from Daniel. And uh, even (laughs) when it's Daniel, it's juicy stuff. But when when Mitch slid into my DMs, I was hyperventilating and I was kind of like nervous. I was like, he's kind of cute, but I don't know what to say. Like, (laughs) like, do I leave him on read or do I respond? You know, so I played the lead him on a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I sound like a little girl, but uh, uh, or just someone with a crush. And I was just like, OK, what, what does he want to talk about? So he said Child's Play 2. And I was like, oh, Daniel's been trying to get me to watch some movies for like years now. Yeah. And so I was so excited when you said that. I was like, all right, this is have to be the has to be it. Um, but Mitch, what I want to ask you, because you're on the terror table and you're talking about these great movies all the time. One thing I did have a question is since you're on this podcast, do you like sequel movies like like kind of talk to me about your history with sequel movies. I love sequels. That's why this, like when I heard your idea for the podcast, I was like, first of all, how hasn't someone done that yet? And even if they are like, I haven't heard of it. And that's (laughs) an amazing idea because a lot of my favorite movies are sequels. And Mm. even like, uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm not one of those people who hates on remakes. Like I obviously there, there's a few of them that I will be less favorable towards just because In my mind, there's two different ways that a sequel can go. And there's like, it can either just be a cash grab, which oftentimes it is, 
But other times it's filmmakers or people out there with an idea who have an idea who have a way to broaden the horizon of this, this story that we all love. And uh, so like with a movie like child's play, it's like that movie is so ripe for sequels and obviously it's had, it's going on eight now and they have a TV show coming out and there's a remake. Uh, But yeah, I just, I get, I think the reason I love sequels so much though, and I think you can relate to this too as a horror fan is growing up, the horror section has the most sequels. And it's because all of these characters are so ripe for more stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I love about it. I love seeing, I love the idea of Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street part one is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's a masterpiece. I'm yeah. also a big fan of uh, part two as well. Perfect. But even Freddy's Dead, which is known as one of the worst ones, like I've recently come around to it and I actually kind of really like it now. Hey. And it's just because it's completely different. We have, I love, we'll always have those originals, but I want, if there's more chance to see these characters that we know and love in different situations, why not? Oh, absolutely, dude. That is like music to my ears. And when you said nightmare, I was like, okay, so we have to talk about two, right? And uh, maybe... I know it's your favorite. Okay, so that's like one of my all-time favorite movies, period. And it's one of my almost like rewatched movies growing up because my mindset growing up was like, um, everyone talks about Freddy with nightmare one you know but no yeah. one really gr- growing up no one talked about sequels and like two i don't know i just loved jesse as a character he as a i, I don't know just something about jesse and like the storyline of two always stood out to me so i just always watch it all the time because i was like i already know nightmare one but like sometimes i have to feel like serious when watching it especially growing up but with two it was just such an easy relaxing movie for me to watch even though there's a lot of crazy stuff going on it was just easy yeah. for me um Totally. And that's actually like how I I came to we'll get to it eventually. But Child's Play 2 was the first Chucky movie I saw. And I think (laughs) it's it's amazing that like I the fact that I was I saw it at an age where the number didn't mean anything to me. I was just like, I think (laughs) this one looks cool because he's cutting off the head of uh, Jack in the Box. And I just like it. And plus, it was also an important thing to note about sequels and growing up with them is a lot of them were available to rent. Yep. Uh, the other ones were, like, the originals were always rented out. Mm-hmm. Like, so you you had to be on a waiting list to get the original. So it's like, fine, I'll settle with the sequel. Yeah. But then it ends up being a blast. And Child's Play 2, I think, is a perfect example of a of a sequel that's, like, almost nothing like the original. And it's, like, actually, it's, <laughs> it's quite similar, but, like, it's so ramped up and goofy. And it's like, this is what a sequel should be. Exactly. And it's like, so like growing up, I love, and even now, like I love history. I love like dissecting like timelines, you know, and that was uh, where I wasted most of my money in college was, was studying history and trying to teach it for those of you who are interested in knowing what I did in college. Cause I always talk about how it was a dark time. Cause that's what it was. Uh, um, that's awesome. Money. Man. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> uh, but you know, just like in my mind, when I'm watching sequel movies, I'm always thinking where in the timeline of the first one is this taking place and then with the eventual other sequels i'm like where in this timeline i love the sequence of this story because i don't look at each movie as individual i look at it as like a long timeline and that's why i just love sequels so much it just it just really gets me going and like dissecting this world and stuff alien that franchise for example is like one of my favorites because of that and i love just the sci-fi timelines because it's different than our own boring timeline which is today is uh, of recording. It's uh, voting day. So make sure you voted today. Also, you no, shouldn't be kidding. listening to this podcast right now. Uh, 
but that's yeah, just... I'm from I'm from I it's important to say I'm a Canadian boy and uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about all of you guys today through all of this and I I really hope that you guys get you know catch a fucking break it's ridiculous <laughs> so. right you yeah that honestly I, I I don't know what it's gonna look like maybe we'll get another purge movie out of it though yeah. so what's crazy is one one of my really close friends from like elementary school he moved to Chicago like seven years ago. And he just moved back to Saskatoon now, where I live. He, he said, like, when he got off, uh, or when he got out of the U-Haul here, like, because he moved back, he's like, the air just smelt less racist. <laughs> That's what he said. So yeah, I'm, it, I'm happy to have him back. Yeah, moving from northern Illinois, just outside Chicago, and then moving to southern Missouri, I still, for living here for two years now, I'm still getting used to it. Um, yeah. I, I still kind of go like, I'll ask Daniel or ask my friend Seth or Nathan, I'll be like, why do you guys do that here? Or like, what is that? Like, I'm so <laughs> confused by it. I'm, I love the big city. It's where I grew up near. Um, and here it's a little bit slowed down, a little bit more sus sayings and normal things. And I'm just like, okay, like I'm nice yeah. enough to not call you out, but I'm also like not chilling with you now, you know? Exactly. Well, it's nice to know that you have a good group of friends over there though. I love oh, listening. Yeah. Like once again, love, I listen to that 24 or you guys did a 24 hour <laughs> marathon episode. I loved that episode. That was great. Yeah. I also, that... one, my favorite part was when you lost your shit, when Nathan chose Suspiria. <laughs> I'm still convinced he chose that. Cause he knew I would, I, I would react to that. Oh so yeah. Well. And that's how I can tell that you guys are real friends. I love that. <laughs> That's you can't fake that shit. That's how you have something good. I can't believe people like that movie is what my biggest thing is. As someone who likes remakes, I'm like, really? Suspiria 2018? That's where I take my sleep break, I guess, during that marriage. I like I like that movie quite a bit, but I totally understand where you're coming from. (laughs) I I understand both sides. Yeah, I do. uh, I do like that film. That episode was so fun. You can listen to that on Cobwebs uh, with my buddy Daniel, who's a host there. Daniel was on uh, the terror table with you to talk about the original uh, Wolfman film. And let me say that episode and that mini series of just going through the uh, universal monsters was beautiful. I don't know how it happened, but I was actually going through the universal monster movies myself. Once you had Daniel on there and Daniel had showed me Wolfman a while ago, but I was just going through it finally. Cause I kept putting it off and I was like, Oh my God, these guys are going through the same movies. I am. That's so awesome. Yeah, no, that's the best part about podcasts is it's like having extended friend groups around the world. And, even sometimes, you know, like there's a lot of podcasts I listen to where I don't interact with the hosts, uh, mm-hmm. but I feel very grateful to get to know other people who like creatives like yourself who host mm-hmm. these types of things. And it's it's nice feeling like a sense of community and like everyone kind of being on the same wavelength. It's it's one of the things I live for now. So, <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm so glad to hear that. Uh I just lo- like you said, yeah, I feel like everyone knows everyone some way or another. And uh it's just perfect. I, I think it just, there's a really gr- good group of like people who are putting out awesome things. Like let's say Matt Bledsoe, for example, with the um, film feast podcast. Yeah. You know? I just got to know him too. He's a super nice guy. Oh, you, really you guys great. have such a, do you get, so is he a friend of your guys or do you just know him from the internet? <laughs> so he's friends with Daniel and then Daniel turned me to him and I started talking to him and like, you know, um, a lurking on his Twitter. If Matt's listening now, uh, I, I'll lurk a lot where I'll just read tweets and like, like, Oh, I like that. You know, and I'll oh, keep going. God, I hope you didn't lurk my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there was too much shit going on on there. I was just yeah. like, woof. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, just good out of here. I, I'm just gassing. Uh, but no, there's like some great guys there. And, um, Lindsay, who's just all around the yeah. sweetest on Twitter. Yeah. She, she was just... awesome on the ghost ship episode with, uh, Daniel. 
Oh, she's done yeah. a couple. I think she's done a couple episodes with him now, and yeah, I really like her too. She's such a sweet girl. Oh yeah, she's so sweet, and, and I love her letterbox reviews as well. And that's the other thing. There's so many. I think the biggest thing is Mitch that there's so many platforms you can do a podcast now on anything, and it's probably going to be awesome because just talking about movies with people is awesome. But I used to only think it was just YouTube videos were like the big thing for movies, but then I started realizing podcasts. But now, like with Letterbox, you can do that stuff. Now you can do just threads on Twitter and just retweet your opinions, and you're gonna get new people's opinions, which is awesome through that. Yeah, yeah and you're gonna come across like-minded folks, and that's I know that's why I started this thing and to begin with. So it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, you and Kyle and Boozy crack me up, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I listen to the episode and I say. Hey, I'm boozy. And I hear, he's like, it's Kyle. I'm just like, uh, this is going to be funny. Like I'm already going to start laughing because it's so fun. It, it, to me, it feels like, and I don't mean it's a bad way. Cause I love this. It kind of reminds me of like super bad in a way with like McLovin. And yeah. That shit raised us, man. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's a movie that like, yeah, it flows freely through all of our bloodstreams. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it just cracks me up. Um, I swear, Kyle, Kyle's voice reminds me of Jonah Hill. And I love that because that like he just cracks me up so much. I'm like, uh, I just I, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I love hearing that because we actually we had another listener uh, say that he sounded like Josh Gad. <laughs> <laughs> I like that even more because I was just like, aha, Kyle's Josh Gad. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no diss over here. But man, I was just like cracking up at everything. And <laughs> you guys are just the camaraderie is amazing. The film knowledge is there. And honestly, so save wave, wavelength. When I forgot which one of you guys were talking about uh, breeders, and I heard Michelle Rodriguez and I got excited and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I love her. And then someone said, Ari Asser probably copied off her. I'm like, that's the type that of fucking was... soapbox I want to be circled around, you know? Like, okay, I'm on yep. that train, Ari Dude. Asser not being there. Boozy's your dog. Boozy's your homie. You got you got to get to know Boozy, and I'll let him know. Like, hey, just so you know, you got a Missouri boy who's uh, who's homies with you. Because yeah, you guys, I can already tell just from chatting with you, you guys are so similar, and yeah. I love it. He's one of my best friends. So <laughs> yeah, I forget. Was he the uncircumcised one or no? No, Kyle's uncircumcised. Uh... Kyle has a full hood. While we're at it, though, Chris, how about how about you? Uh, I'm totally totally hooded, 100. percent Oh, fucking hood gang. Yeah, that's why I was like, this is the podcast for me. I snapped Daniel. <laughs> and Daniel Sorry Daniel to sully like, your show here. And <laughs> uh, we talk about cum socks on this show apparently now, so anything goes, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's an important yeah. topic, man. Everyone has a cum sock. <laughs> okay, I need to know who did have one. I never met anyone yet. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. I, I've heard I've heard horror stories, but I, I can safely say that I've never had a cum sock. I feel like I can't believe just... we're doing this. <laughs> yes, I've never had a cum sock. Okay, we need to clear this up for Twitter because these are like the most talked about questions on here. Uh, <laughs> but no, okay. So what I what I think is great about your podcast too. I don't know where you came up with it, but I love how you guys also talk about video games, eh? Because you're talking about Last of Us Two, and the guest you had on there was fantastic. And I'm such yeah. a gamer, and I never thought to talk about video games on here, but my buddy Seth is a big gamer. And when Dude, I listen to that, gotta do it. Too, so good. Yeah. So especially, good. especially sequel, like sequel games. They're, they're games are a whole, video games are a whole different world for sequels. Like where the quality is like astoundingly there mm -hmm. for sequels. Like, it's almost like it's without a doubt, the sequel is going to be better. Right. And, and I, I just... yeah, I love that last of us. That was David Hopkins. He actually hosts another podcast called Erie international. They're, they're really great podcasts as well. But David is just, he's one of those guys where I could just listen to him just talk 
for hours and hours and hours. He's such a smart guy. Yeah, I could. I, I just love like you could just show them like you could just tell like the mutual respect was there. And yeah. it was just like so much like energy without like raising your voice or getting excited like I do. I, I feel like on here I'm like coked up all the time. And I'm sure most of the people on my YouTube channel think that, too. Dude, I feel the same way. So don't 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 ever change. That's all in your head. Right. You're doing great. Um, but at the one last question I wanted to ask you before we get into today's topic. Um, so today is Godzilla Day, and I was wondering, are, are any of you boys on the terror table Godzilla fans? Absolutely. I would say, I would say, well, Boozy and I are the monster guys. Like we, yes. we've, that's how we became friends is a mutual love for monster films. Like what, specifically werewolves. Like we, we love werewolves, but, uh, I know we have different criteria of what makes a great monster movie. So I would say that I'm probably a bigger Godzilla fan, but Boozy loves Godzilla 98. Oh, <laughs> the Matthew Broderick one. Damn, we really are the same person. <laughs> yeah, he loves that movie. <laughs> and he hated the, the 2014 one, which I did, too. But um, oh, OK, good. We're in good company then. eh? Yeah, I fucking hated that movie. And the last the last one, like I, I was really rooting for Michael Doherty. Like I love Michael Doherty and Trick or Treat. And I thought King of Monsters was like decent, but it just wasn't it wasn't as good as it could have been. You know, like you expect so much more from that. Right. <laughs> go hard man but no so when we're talking about sequels you you said you wanted to talk about child's play too and i can tell like for like just from you talk about the little bit it's like my nightmare 2 film where it's like like i love this movie so fucking much that it's like i have to defend it with my life you know is that yeah. kind of how it is with you and child's play too it, yeah it's it's both that and it's also i've Every day that goes by, I love it more because I further realize that it's the reason I am who I am. And that's like an absurd thing to say is that Child's Play 2 raised me. But really, Child's Play 2 was the first horror movie that like, like Daniel asked me the question on Cobwebs of like, you know, he knew that I've been asked every question before. He's like, what about like, what's the first movie that horror movie that made you realize how much fun it could be? I'm like, well, ironically enough, that's also the first horror movie that I would credit as my first real horror movie experience, which is Child's Play 2. And uh, it's just it's something that's just embedded in my bloodstream, man. Like I I went as Chucky for Halloween the year that I saw it. So I was in grade three. <laughs> I saw this movie in grade three. I don't know. I think that might be different for you guys over in the States, but I would have been eight, seven, eight years old around that time. And uh, yeah, my mom, like she was a hairdresser and she got us all. She was so into Halloween, which is another reason why I love the season. Uh, but she she spray painted my hair orange and like gave me the little <laughs> freckles, put put overalls on me and like dressed me up like Chucky because she knew how much I love Chucky because he didn't <sighs> scare me like ever. Everyone else was scared of Chucky. I wasn't at all. I just I thought it, I was so fascinated by him. And it wasn't even like I think I understood what he was doing was wrong. And to me, this is oh, we're, I think we're jumping a little bit ahead right now, but I'm going to just say just it right now, it, man. Uh, another thing that I know that you and Daniel both because I listened to an episode with both you and Daniel talking about Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Yes, I I'm a very big Batman fan. And like Batman was uh, like that 89 Keaton movie was mm -hmm. the first movie I ever obsessed over. And uh, so I'm a. Very big fan of that, but it wasn't until the 90s animated series that really kicked everything off for me. Yep. And there's so many different correlations. Watching Child's Play 2 again last night, 
there's so many correlations I can draw between Chuck, like Chucky and Charles Lee Ray and the Joker. It's been a dog's age. Hello, Joker. Didn't mean to drop by unannounced. Oh, Salvatore. Why so formal? Me, Casa Nostra, as Sue Casa Nostra. So, what's an old-timer like you want with a two-timer like me? Business. I got... Ooh, business sounds like fun. Come, we'll repair the more comfortable environment. Honey, I'm home. <laughs> oh, don't mind my home security system. Down, Rusty. Can't be too careful with all those weirdos around. <laughs> like they're yeah. so they're so similar because they are inherently evil, but they're also just unhinged and psychopathic. But they also have a job to do and they're going to yeah. like they're going to execute it as best as they can by being complete maniacs. And uh, so I think it was my obsession with Batman. And then I just I just thought about that last night, actually, watching it. I, was like, <laughs> I never realized that he's actually kind of Mark Hamill, which obviously he plays Chucky right. in the, the remake, um, which I this will be a good place for for people who are like Chucky Pierce. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to shit on the remake here. I'm actually a big fan of that movie. I, I really like the remake. I yeah. know as a fan of the series, I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, they made a good movie. It's a decent it's a really decent. It's a very decent movie. <laughs> I, I think that like, you know, the the core group of people who have been making Chucky movies for years they have dropped the ball many times and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that that should be taken away from them it doesn't uh-huh. mean that they that someone else should just go and make their movie but at the end of the day the Lars Klebberg i think his name is the director of the new child's play made a good movie it's it's fun yeah have you, you know seen that one no i haven't that's what i was going to say i hadn't seen any of these movies i have just been spoon fed i need to watch it from daniel for years now um and I did really want to see it. I was waiting. We have family video here for it to be like one of those cheap $5 Blu-rays you could buy. And I was going to buy that and start off with that. But I still have yet to get around to it. Yeah. I was pretty excited about it. And to kind of um, go back to what you were saying about it's a very decent movie. To kind of copy Daniel, this is like personal talks we have. It's okay for – we both agree. Like it's okay for movies to just be decent. It doesn't have to smash a box office record. It doesn't have to be the biggest flop. It's so bad it's good. You know, it's like I kind of wish like as a horror movie-watching community or just like a movie-watching community, like we accept these decent movies, you know, and like yeah. go like, hey, this was good. This was fine. This was worthy. It's okay if it wasn't for some people, but let's move on and do something like that again with other movies, you know? Agreed completely. But I should say that, like, as someone who's like, you know, Chucky's been embedded in my blood since as long as I can remember, um, I've watched the fan base of this whole franchise never, ever, ever favor two. Like, the Child's Play 2 is never, never the one that people really bring up, at least in, in, like, it's always either the first one or, like, people will mention the the finale in two, which we'll get to, which is like, the reason that movie is better than just okay. But it, the rest of the movie is like it's it's not a perfect movie by no. any means, and it's it's flawed to the. It has so many flaws in it, but it's 
just that feeling that you get when you watch movies. I'm just that guy who who really connected with Child's Play too, yeah. and I I can't change it. And I'm sure you're the same with Nightmare on Elm Street too. Yeah, I, I know that movie shot for shot, quote by quote. I think at, at this point in my life. So um, when you were when you were younger, did you pick up on the like the gay subtext? Because no. a lot of people didn't. I know a lot of people who didn't. Okay, so I didn't. Nightmare for me was kind of like your child's play, like growing up. I watched it way too young. My mom showed it to me because she loved Night Freddy, and she just bought like those four film movie packs with all of them. So I would like watch those all the time. But two, I'd always put on more because it's one of the. It, I think it is actually the only one technically with a male lead because yeah. most of the others are all female, which is fine, and I like that. But this one stood out because of that. Also because the opening is so fucking weird with the yeah. bus scene on like about to oh, fall awesome. off or some shit it's so weird uh but i never picked up on any of that i always just thought this is kind of weird like tone wise like I, I, that was me critiquing the movie like when i was younger it's like oh from this part to this part that feels like vibe wise different but i never picked up on like oh that's kind of suggestive or not i just thought it was like part of the movie yeah no totally and so it, obviously it seems like both of us are going to work through some shit this episode because <laughs> the other reason I love Child's Play 2 and Child's Play 1, like this whole series, is it being centered around Andy Barkley, who oh. was like a child, like in Child's Play 2, uh, I was born the year that this movie came out. So he was a little bit older than I was, but I didn't oh. see it until I was around his age. Yeah. So it was it was a huge deal for me to to be able to like that's why movies like Ernest Scared Stupid had such a profound impact on me. Because it was kids my age, and that's what made me feel connected to this story. And I also didn't care about all of the little film details when I was yeah. seven years old. You know, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't care that it wasn't a masterfully made film. I just mm -hmm. thought that it was like so crazy and so much fun. And it's like it's almost impossible to not just understand everything that's happening. It's such a straightforward slasher movie that's just kind of crazy and catered to people who are 10 years younger than who are the people who are allowed to see it. Yeah. It's so weird. Like I'll, I'll have a criterion film and I'll be like scratching my chin. I'm like, mm, I don't know if that works really well from a structure yeah. <laughs> standpoint or from a script point, but then I'll watch a sequel slasher. And I'm like, good God, this movie I have to own now. It is flawless, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. Um, but so I watched, but I double featured both of them. So child's play came out in 1988, the same year as the blob. And yeah. I think that's fucking awesome that those two movies came out the same year. Yeah, um, it's in the 80s. Like, uh, do you ever do you often feel like you were born in the wrong timeline? Yeah, I'm one of those in-betweeners. I don't know if I'm a millennial or a Gen Z. So maybe that's yeah. why I'm always confused in general. But born in 96, I don't like 90s movies very much when I think about it. Like I always say quickly, oh, I'm not a big 90s guy. But then I watch 90s movies. This was a 1990 uh, movie, Child's Play 2. And I'm like, I wish I was born in the 70s or the 80s because yeah. I love those movies more. Totally. That's where I'm at is I wish I was born in the 70s. And I, mm -hmm. I've even thought about that since before. I was like, I think it was Days and Confused where I realized that I was like, hey, I, I, these are people that I feel like I could connect to. Take that however you want because some of those people are giant pieces of shit in that movie. Right. Uh, but I think it's just like the overall tone of everything. But yeah, like honestly, even though it is a 1990, 1990 film, it mm -hmm. does feel still 80s. Like this is still an 80s movie. Oh my God, and yeah. When it comes to the 90s, like, it was like a pretty weak, oh, pretty weak decade. Uh, there's some really good stuff in there. Like I love a lot of 90s movies, but the real top-notch quality stuff, it pretty much ends with like Candyman, Scream, and... I'm sure I'm going to get crucified by listening.
probably Daniel because he knows a lot more about film than I do. But that's why I love listening to him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like it's the '90s is just it's a it's a strange era, strange really era of movies. It's it's really it's it's movies going through their teenage phase where they're like, I don't know if I'm gonna be punk today or if I'm gonna be emo or if I'm into rap music today or if I'm gonna be a jock. I might hey I might like football. That's what the yes. '90s is. I'm so glad I don't feel alone in this way. That's exactly how I feel all the time. Yeah. Also, because when I was going through my quote unquote film history in high school, what I thought I knew it all, I was trying to watch like best picture winners from the nineties. And a lot of them aren't very good. Oh man. And, the best picture, especially Academy, like yeah. Academy films in the nineties are awful. Yeah. Besides, yeah. Besides Silence of the Lambs. But. Silence of the Lambs and Titanic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, and, yeah. I, I fuck with Titanic. Those, yeah. those are some of the first boobs I saw. So hell yeah, dude. I, yeah. I wasn't yeah, sure if I was sh- into them though. Did you like the boobs and, or wait, you're, so you're six years younger than me. Yeah. Uh, did did you like the boobs in Titanic when you saw them? Oh yeah, we had it on VHS. We had two fucking VHS cassettes, yes. and uh, yeah, I would always shoot ro- rope on the second. Hell yeah. yeah, hell yeah, yeah. yeah see, me night. and my buddies, we would just watch VHS too because it was that's where everyone was dying, <laughs> and we could like rewind and watch that guy hit the propeller like yeah. when he falls down. Like everyone remembers that scene. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Titanic's uh, like a that's like a movie my mom and I would watch like the first cassette together, but then we'd get too tired to watch the second one, and I would sneak yeah. downstairs and watch the second by myself that's totally. kind of what that was I, i'm i'm one of those guys who i could easily like have a have fun rip ripping on james cameron a little but at <laughs> the same time the guy he's earned he earned a lifetime achievement award with one movie and it was a yeah. sequel mm-hmm. terminator mm-hmm. 2 yep t2, t- yep, t- t- yeah. my favorite of those and i would even say rise of the machine is actually a pretty solid uh third installment too can't go uh, there with you, but uh, <laughs> I do love T2. I what fucking hate three. Too. Isn't that wild? That was one of your, that was your first 3D? That's one of my early, own, like first own DVDs. So like, Oh, the, yeah. Oh, yeah, same. When I was yeah. like owning my own DVDs, yeah. it was like King Kong. And then I got Rise of Peter the... Peter Jackson? Yeah, Peter Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I love do that. You remember, do you remember the first, sorry to hijack your show here, but just I have a quick question for you because I feel like you and I are just homies instantly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you feel like you know the very first movie that you realized was bad. Like, you know, when you're a kid, like you, you kind of like everything or yeah. you just kind of, you'll let it fly b- past you. And even if something's not top quality, you still enjoy it. Like I said, well, both of us, you love nightmare on Elm street too. I love child's play too. Both of them have their own issues, uh, but we love them. Do you know when the first time was where you realized a movie was bad? Uh, it was bad and I liked it or bad. Like I don't want to see Bad, it. Like you don't want to see it. Oh, Uh, Shakespeare in Love. Young Will Shakespeare is having a bad year. His last two shows flopped. The theater is about to go bankrupt. Notice will be posted. And the gangsters are moving in. The show must go on. The last thing he needs right now is a nasty case of writer's block. What's it called? Romeo and Ethel, the pirate's daughter. What is the story? Well, there's this pirate. Oh, good pick. Good pick. Wow. Yeah, it's a terrible Best Picture winner. Yeah, so, it, you know, Didn't it sounds... beat out Saving Private Ryan or something? Like it, yeah, or... it beat out too many good films. And here's the yeah. thing, Mitch. So when I was a little prick in high school, and I had this one teacher who saved my life from film purgatory, he had this one poster uh, that had every Best Picture winner up until, I think, like, when I was in high school, 2012, I think, when the world was ending. And uh, I, 
him and I just connected on a wavelength length. And we were just like talking about movies all the time. And he turned me to some good stuff, but I was like, you know, I want to go through this whole poster of like all these best picture winners. Cause like I go to family video almost every fucking day. He had seen all of them already and bragged about it. I was like, I want to be cool like this guy. And so I started kind of going through and skipping a couple of decades, found some really amazing films. And um, when I got to Shakespeare in Love, I was, I don't know why I got to that one, but I was like trying to watch it. And I was like, God damn it. I cannot get through this fucking movie. And it's yeah. really shitty. And it's like supposed to be really good. And that was like the first time in my life I was like, I don't care if I watch this movie or not. I don't even care anymore because I don't yeah. think anybody cares about this movie at all. No, true. True. Yeah. And then I ended up renting something fucking B movie and probably loved it. I'm trying to think what. Yeah. Probably, there you go. Probably, yeah. It was probably Ogre, some obscure DVD that yes. I had with an Ogre on the cover that was CGI'd. It was probably like something like that. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah, that's yeah, I think my, my very first one that I noticed, I was like, uh-oh, this is bad with <laughs> Batman and Robin. Mm. Why not send Junior home early? I've got some wild oats to sow. On the other hand, Youth does have its advantages. Endurance, stamina. Forget the geriatric bat. Come join me. My garden needs tending. I'll take it from here, pal. Wouldn't you like the earrings too? Some lucky boy's about to hit the honeypot. I'll include an evening of my company for the winner. I'll bring everything you see here, plus everything you don't. <laughs> oh. And I know, like, and see, do you love it? Like, <laughs> see, I love watching it now because of what it is. Mm -hmm. But I did not think that it was good when I first, like, that was the first time I ever was like, fuck these people. <laughs> I was like eight years old. <laughs> but I remember telling my dad, I was, like my dad was sleeping and he took me to see in the theater and it was while Bane was like getting injected with all of his fluids or whatever. <laughs> I like nudged my dad. And I was like, we can go if you want. <laughs> I was eight. And I still remember that. Oh God. But then no, I've, okay. I've, I've seen it 20 times since. <laughs> I mean, man, when it comes to Batman, that's my dad. Like he was like putting me onto those, you know? Yeah. And, um, I loved Batman Forever. Like that was just my favorite one of those. Hell movies, yeah! You know, I love Batman Forever. Still like it. Yeah, it's I don't crazy, know. but I like it. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it I, to me in my mind, when we when we talk about like sequels and just franchise in general, to me everyone loves the originals. So it's like growing up, even if I told someone, "Oh, my favorite Batman is the original Batman," it's like everyone's fucking favorite is that. Exactly. So at an early age, I had to tell myself, "What is your favorite?" after that movie because that's how you can tell who's going to be your friend or you you need to invest in that basically yeah. except alien alien is the exception but i entirely agree yeah you know because like i love all the alien movies i can't be objective about any of them um but batman i was like oh i love batman forever because val kilmer and i don't know why it was because of val fucking val kilmer and then i watched yeah. top gun and i was like i fucking love val kilmer yeah there you go you just had a connection with val kilmer that's how i was with kurt russell <laughs> Like I, I was always a big Kurt Russell fan as a kid. I remember okay. my dad, like I always, everyone thought that like, like, you know, you, your parents want to be, do a good job of knowing that they're going to protect you. They're going to take care of you forever. Uh -huh. And uh, I was like, yeah, my dad's like, he was a black belt in karate too. Like he was a <laughs> sensei. And so I was like, yeah, my dad's a fucking lethal weapon. Like no one can fuck with me. And then I saw escape uh -huh. from New York and I was like, oh shit, Same. this guy could kick my dad's ass. <laughs> like. <laughs> 
I just um, told him that for the first time recently too, and he left. But yeah, my but, dad, he he'll admit even sometimes when I come to visit him, he'll be like, "Are you still watching movies?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Damn, the day I ever took you to family video in kindergarten." Because yeah. when I was, that's when it all started for me. It was like when we went to family video one time and I rented uh, one of the, I think it was Lord of the Rings, the animated movie, like on yeah. one of those free VHSs. And I think I was also Mask of the Phantasm, which is a fucking weird double feature as a kindergartner. But that was one of the movies I was watching. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. Like, I love these movies, you know? Man, I love that we're on the same length. And I feel like uh, Daniel might be that. I think he's that way as well, where we were just watching this kind of stuff and paying close attention to them at yeah. way too young of an age. Well, not way too young. That just it just explains why we are the way that we are now. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like when you say it loud, like I started watching movies when I was a kindergarten and I loved them. You know, it's like fucking yeah. kindergarten. Like, oh, dude, I saw Jaws, which is my favorite movie of all time. I saw that when I was in kindergarten, and it's like, why, yeah, why, why, why was I watching Jaws? It's yeah, like... Daniel's listening with the chub right now. He's like, God damn. Oh yeah, <laughs> he Love. loves Jaws so much. I can't say yeah. I absolutely love it, um, but. I love how much people love that movie. Like yeah. every person, yeah. even if they're not a big movie guy, oh, guys or girls, like they'll say like something about Jaws. And I love yeah. that. For sure. Um, but yeah, I would say there was one time in kindergarten <laughs> where you'd have to fill out uh, Monday through Friday. You, if you were good, you filled it. The circles green because it was like a stoplight. And if like you were bad, you'd have to do yellow or red. And my dad always said, if you got all green all days of the week, you could rent whatever you wanted at family video. And one time I got a yellow for whatever stupid reason. Yeah. And I, my teacher was snotty. It was like, I guess you're not renting a movie this weekend. And in my mind, I was like, fuck you. I am. So when yeah. she wasn't looking, I circled it in green and gave it to my dad. And my dad was like, are you sure you were good all these days? Because I think the teacher told him I was bad. Sneaky and I just bastard. said, I was just like, yeah, dad, like no problem. He's like, all right, it's on your conscience. So we fucking went. I think I rented uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi and Godzilla 98 like I always fucking did in kindergarten Hell too. Yeah. So, yeah. You know? <laughs> and it had the it had that box cover that like kind of protruded a little bit. The Godzilla the size, size <sighs> does matter. <laughs> Good God. It's the only Godzilla movie I don't own. <laughs> yeah. and But you like it, hey? Like, are you, you at least have it. You have a connection with it. That's how I am. It's not good, so but I have a connection. If it's related to my childhood in some way, I'm, 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 re I'm soft on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about Child's Play 2 before more people start to be a little sus on this uh, episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so Child's Play 2 came out in 1990. So two years exactly. Um, what I really like about it, though, Mitch, and nobody told me about this. So I'm like, I'm really impressed. Um, is that it returns um, the character of Andy with the same actor and it brings back Brad Dwarf as well as the voice actor for for Chucky. And I love that because so many times in sequels, you don't get returning characters. And sometimes it feels like I think that's where people sort of think things are lesser is because it doesn't bring back people from the first movie. But this movie does. And it's seamless. I love that. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's yeah, like they. uh with the whole idea of Andy Barkley is what made the first movie so enticing is that I love the whole concept behind, like, I, I I'm going to be honest. I do think that child's play one is a better movie than two, but I have a, I have a soft connect, like I have a very strong connection with uh child's play two. But yeah, I, what I love about it is that the, for the first time in, you know, at least my memory of watching films, the in the original Child's Play and like the opening of Child's Play 2, you find out that Andy's mom believed him. Yeah. And she went away for it. 
And I love that because like that was one of the most frustrating things ever watching as a kid being like, how many movies do you all motherfuckers have to see until you start believing what these kids have to say? And uh, being that misunderstood uh, kid when I was watching this movie, I I love that element (laughs) of it. Um, But that's yeah, it definitely it it succeeds. It, It immediately is a better film and at least a worthy sequel when you're bringing back Alex Vincent as Andy Barkley and then bringing back Brad Dourif who Brad Dourif is one of those guys who's just like he's synonymous with the name of Chucky that is who Chucky is I know a lot of people it it was actually kind of funny when they announced that Mark Hamill was going to do the voice Uh I think people I think like haters around the world were like shit can't (laughs) can't hate on Mark Hamill because <laughs> right. it's like it's so hard to hate on Mark Hamill because why would you hate on Mark Hamill you're just you're an asshole exactly. if you do right but what Brad Dourif did with that character made it like that that's solely the reason this series exists and is so successful and you know has reached so many people in so many different ways and that's I love his performance in the film I think like this was the first time where you know, watch obviously I watched cartoons as a kid, but watching Brad Dourif speak as Chucky, it was the more vulgar he was, the better. Like I, I yes. loved it. Because yeah. as a kid, I was just like, I when my friends were hiding behind blankets and stuff, I thought it was like, how are you guys not laughing at this? Like <laughs> it's a little doll that like even Andy could kick the shit out of. Uh-huh. Like there's the scene of like Andy being like on the back of that semi and he's mm-hmm. he's get, like uh Charles Z. Ray, Chucky's doing the are they do a dumbbell? Like I, oh I, I, man, I memorized that when I was a kid. Like I was a weirdo, <laughs> dude. I had a Chucky shrine in my bedroom. Whoa. Like by the time uh, Bride of Chucky came out, I had the CD, I had the soundtrack, <laughs> had the VHS. I asked for a Chucky doll, which you could get from Spencer's Gifts, yep. which was in our city. I mm-hmm. asked for one for Christmas. Then till this day, that's the only thing in the world that I want. Really, that's so expensive. Oh yeah, but well, in at Spencer's Gifts, it was a little bit more reasonable because they didn't look like Chucky really. Like they, oh. there's so many shitty Chucky dolls out there. But now Tr- Trick or Treat Studios has put out a specifically the the mold of Child's Play too, and you can buy them, but they're four hundred ninety nine dollars. So it's five hundred bucks, and then you know transferring that to Canadian dollars, it comes out to around eight hundred bucks. And I'm like. <laughs> You know, I I just I, I can't I can't do it. I can't do it, but I need it. That's like the one thing that I really, really want that I just can't afford. Uh but that's yeah, I, I wanted one of those, but my sisters wouldn't allow it in the house because they were terrified of child's yeah. play. And everyone was scared of child's play. But to me, I just thought that it was funny. Like <laughs> I, I thought it was crazy. And then I would watch movies like Ernest Scared Stupid or Secret of the Nim, and yeah. those would terrify me. Like I was scared of those movies, but I wasn't Ernest scared. Movie. Oh yeah, that was the scariest I've ever. That was the the most scared I've ever been from a film. Was Ernest Scared Stupid at that young age? Like it ruined me. Uh, but even yeah, like there's like you know Batman Returns, the Danny DeVito's character in that mm-hmm. terrified me. And Chucky, I just don't understand how people could be scared of him. I just more so liked the colors and the the relationship between Kyle and Andy Barkley, like how. He's brought into this, you know, he's in a fo- he, he was in a foster home and then he gets adopted by these uh, pretty sus parents. 100%. And they, they suck, man. Like those. It's like, why don't you just get a fucking dog? I would say get a dog, but they uh-huh. couldn't handle a dog. The, those parents <laughs> in Child's Play too, they would not be able to handle a dog. And I like dogs more than people. So 
I guess adopt Andy. <laughs> yeah, like this is the movie where when I saw those parents, I was like, I need to show this to people who think like, oh, well, kids can just get adopted and find a good home. I'm like, well, look at this fucking example. Like, this, yeah. like look at Andy getting adopted to this home. This dad doesn't even want to have fucking kids and he's having two of them in his house. I know. Thank God that like, oh, well, at least, you know, around my parts, it's it's harder for people to just adopt kids nowadays. But right. like that's like part of the terror alone in the movie is that Andy go he ends up with a family who doesn't believe him. And he just he finally convinced his mother in the first one. Mm-hmm. And also uh, on the topic of sequels, I don't understand. I know you haven't seen the other ones yet, but I don't understand how they've never gone down the road of Andy being older, reuniting with his mom who gets out of a mental hospital because she's been in there for so long because she believes her son had a killer doll mm-hmm. and the story can grow from there. But okay. that's never that the, the sequel there's seven sequels to the six sequels <laughs> to this movie and they they cover his Chucky's marriage, they cover him having a kid, they cover him starting a cult and it's like you guys skipped options <laughs> B, C, D, and E here. They just really wanted to see doll sex, is from what I've heard. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I believe I'm, that. I mean, I'm down to see Chucky Schmidt too, but I don't know what that looked like at all. You don't get to see a Schmidt, but I would say watch Bride. I love Bride of Chucky. I love yeah. that movie. But that came out at a really you know influential time for me. <laughs> you know, I'm one of those kids who never saw the Child's Play movies, but I was always scared of Chucky. Because like my friends would always say the Heidi Ho friends to the end and they would like yeah. say it in like a creepy way. And then just the look of Chucky just implemented in my head like, oh, that's really scary because it was in front of Spencer's all the time. And for me, to me, Spencer scared me because I mean, just the appeal of it, like as a little kid was like, I'm not supposed to be in there yet, you know? Yeah, so there's I, dildos I, in there. Yeah, I, I didn't know what they were supposed to go. I was so confused. <laughs> like, do I do I eat this one? This one go in my butt? <laughs> right? <laughs> but I don't know what was scary. The dildos or the price tags that they showed in the store that scared me as a kid. It's I'm such true, a cheapskate. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, with but, you, man. Yeah, but I was just so blown away. I cannot believe it took me 24 years to watch the, these two movies. And I'm with you. I actually really love child's play too that's what the cat's out of the bag i always do that but i fucking love child's play too i was laughing i was like so mesmerized by the vibe this movie was doing and the opening that reminded me so much of small soldiers in a way oh, like with the toys yes, being created yes. how they're reconstructing chucky i was like yeah. fuck yeah let's do this shit again let's 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 run it around but i had no idea what the sequel had in mind i was pissed that andy's mom had to go away i was like i love that actress i was like where's yeah. chris sarandon i don't fucking care i love him the first one but we can move on yeah. And what I noticed immediately was Brad Dwarf Dwarf was given free reign to do whatever the fuck he wanted in this movie. And I was like, that's what that first movie was missing for me, eh? Because uh, Chucky felt so like they were trying to make him scary. And I'm like, I get that. And you need to do that with the with the original of a franchise movie. You gotta get that first one to be like serious toned and have some fun with it, obviously. But with the sequel, it was it rubbed that itch I needed from the first movie, which was like I needed Brad to be released to do whatever he wanted to do with this character. And he did that. And it was yeah. perfect. Yeah, I agree entirely. He he didn't really get to go. with It's it's kind of once again, similar to Freddy, like mm-hmm. he wasn't able to really, you know, shed shed the skin of being an original movie where it's trying to see if it's going to even land with audiences or not. And by the second one, we're in a sequel. We understand that it's working now. Now let him do what he wants to do. And he he kills it in it. Like, it's all of his one-liners and his little bits and, like, him being just as vulgar as possible. But also, 
sounding as terrifying as can be. Like he's just got such a distinct voice. And the only yeah. one, the only person I can think of that comes close to doing what he did with Chucky is Mark Hamill in yeah. Joker, the Joker role. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like it's, it shows how much a voice can be a star of a film. 100%. I just love the way he goes like Andy, Andy, yeah. like all the time. I was like, I fucking love this. It's so good. Exactly. Um, one other thing I liked about this movie was a character, Kyle, which it's a girl with a boy's name, quote unquote, Kyle. When she was introduced, smoking a cigarette in her bedroom and her mom got mad and she, the mom kind of hinted if the dad found out she'd get in big trouble. I'm like, yeah, this is this is going to be a sweet character right here. Um, I like like these rebel like teenagers in these movies totally. and I, you know how she's mean to Andy and then she she ends up becoming like a big sister older like uh, like an other mom almost in a way. In sequel movies, relationships are really kind of almost non-existent or they just don't work as well. And this one, this relationship really works well. Like I actually cared about Kyle and Andy together, you know, not just Andy or not just Kyle, you know? Yeah, I agree. And, and I think if I was watching this movie for the first time, I would be like, I wish I had a sibling like Kyle did, you know, like I want yeah. someone to take care of me like that and like have my back kind of. And now I have a younger brother and sister and I, I love them too. And they can be kind of little shit sometimes, but you know what I mean? Like we all think if we could have another sibling, yeah, uh, we would have someone like Kyle. I feel like, eh? What What's funny is that I I did have a Kyle, my my <laughs> older sister Tara, who's been on the Tara table many times. She's she's my Kyle, and that's one of the reasons I love the. I think why I connected with the film so much is that she was the you know kind of pissed off angsty teen, mm-hmm. but was still showing that she would do anything for Andy or help Andy Andy in any way that she could. And yeah, that's that's another layer as to why I can understand why this movie would have resonated with me at such a young age mm-hmm. is the the brother sister, even though they're their foster sister brother. Um, it's just so similar to how I was with my sister. And right. especially around the time that I saw this movie, it just all clicked with me. Mm-hmm. One question I did have for you, Mitch, since you've gone through this franchise, have at, at any point did you notice like how Andy, the main character, he's like has this to- this doll trying to chase him and kill him. Did you ever think like, oh, this is like Toy Story in reverse or like Toy Story copied off Chucky because Andy's the kid with the toys, but the kid, the toys are trying to save him. It's yeah, like think about it all the time, especially I think it, it's in, I don't know if it's rights reasons, but uh, whoever does like shirt, like cool horror shirts or anything like that, uh-huh. they're missing out on getting the, the good guy's footprint with Andy's <laughs> name on the bottom. I think that'd be so awesome. I'd buy that shit. Hey. Uh, yeah, and the, yeah, there's definitely correlations between this and Toy Story. Yeah, I love like sadistic like horror movies that like try to rip off like these wholesome good things too. I totally. just think it like the macabre. And it predates just, Toy like, Story like, too. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's kind of nice is that you almost you almost think like did did the people who made Toy Story were were they kind of <laughs> you know somewhat inspired loosely even if they don't know it subconsciously into Child's Play because they did choose the name Andy. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So who? So Don, Don Mancini. He Don Mancini. Yeah. Mancini. He wrote the for the first movie and for this second movie. And then apparently I was looking it up, and you'll know more than me. He ended up either directing or writing almost every single movie in the franchise. Is that true? Yeah. He he was he was the creator of the character, and then Tom Holland helped him. Like Tom Holland, director of Fright Night and Child's Play. Yeah. He helped like obviously change around the character a little bit and really gave him his legs in child's play. 
But then all of the craziness that you can come to know and expect from Child's Play or Chucky in general uh-huh. is Don Mancini. And this is the man who did create him. And I love uh, there. there's so many different like you can get further on into the series. I know one of one of the more less favorable sequels is Seed of Chucky. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's that's the first one that Don Mancini directed himself. But he's an openly gay man in Hollywood. And it's so obvious and that it, the, the tones in that movie and the subjects that it tackles are so far ahead of their time, even if they are, they shouldn't have been ahead of their time, but they were at, at the mm-hmm. time. Like that's people weren't ready for Seed of Chucky. I do think that movie gets it takes more heat than it deserves. Yeah. And like the Seed of Chucky is just it's it's absurd. But he tackles a lot of themes about, you know, feeling like you're born in a different body, born in the wrong body. Or, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here because I'm not the demographic to talk about this. But right. it is something that I, I, I really admire that he tried pushing those boundaries with something as silly as the Chucky series. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool that he tried doing that, you know, right. with something as goofy as Chucky, he was still pushing boundaries and like the movie might not be a complete success. Uh, but he, yeah, he did. He had a heavy hand in writing all of the films except for the first one. I feel like that's so rare in like these horror slasher franchises, like these, these creatives who kind of like created the original concept for these characters and these movies and the original ones, they kind of get like pushed out the door or they, they leave on their own terms from like, these characters. And when I saw that he was a part of every single one, I was just like, this guy must've really loved his work. And I think that's so cool. You know, you didn't see Wes Craven in his hand at every single nightmare. You didn't, you know, you didn't see John Carpenter and all his Halloween movies at all, you know? And I think that's so cool. Like, I don't think you really see that at all. Chucky is Don Mancini's creation. And it it is, he is the one to thank for it. Uh, But with that being said, like he also, he directed cult of Chucky, which is the latest one. And I think it's by like, by far the the worst one of the series and i know that there are some people out there who enjoy it but like i don't know when you put out something like that i'm i'm going to be less mad about the remake that we got mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with them i still think it is fucked up that they you know they they like orion who owns the the rights for chucky in child's play they tried getting don mancini on board for this this remake uh-huh. but he would have just been a producing credit he wouldn't have actually gotten to do anything so he said uh-huh. no and I kind of love that. I love that he would still stand his ground. I mean, it kind of sucks that the movie turned out pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but I'm still I'm still excited to see what Don May. I know they've been filming the Child's Play, the Chucky TV series. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes, even though I didn't love Cult. He also was, yeah, he was also heavily involved and directed Curse of Chucky, which is the one that came out right before Cult. And that's actually a decent movie. The child's the, the the Chucky design is a little bit fucked because it gets messed with in <laughs> CGI at times. Uh oh. But it's still it's a decent creepy gothic horror movie. It, it it has some really heavy gothic tones through it, and that's what I like about it. But uh, you need to yeah. stop saying gothic because Daniel's gonna be like, "Fuck, get me on this." I'm gonna have that on my next episode. He's writing yeah. it down now. <laughs> no, for sure. I'm I'm not sure if he's seen Curse of Chucky, but that I would really like to hear Curse of Chucky on uh, cobwebs because even though it's not like you know vincent price gothic or anything uh-huh. it's it's in an old creepy house and there's a lot of like you know fuckery at foot <laughs> i love when we, like when people are listening to like podcast at least that's how i feel with podcast episodes when they talk about sequels that i've never heard of and i've only seen a handful and how crazy some of these movies can get i'm like fuck i'm in for a really good time you know that's, it's like yeah 
and that's that's child's play man like you whether the you know the quality is going to go down from the first two uh specifically the first one like the i i do think that uh tom holland crafted a like he did as good as you can do at making a doll scary yeah uh, like as a possessed voodoo doll like a mm-hmm. lot of people forget how stupid that concept is to begin with of yeah. chucky you know doing a voodoo curse to get himself inside a doll to escape the police <laughs> That is so dumb, but it's also, it's a, it's a different idea and I'm here for it. And I love yeah. it. Like, it's but it just, of... it, it couldn't work nowadays. Like you couldn't, you couldn't pull that shit on a 2020 audience and have them all be like, oh, okay, well at least it, that that's how the original was. So I should accept it. <laughs> that's why I like, I like that they took a different approach with the remake and said like, Hey, let's comment on Alexa and smart homes and smartphones and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, of course, that's that's the logical route to tackle. Right. I just love how Chucky, the, the movies take place, in the, at least the first two take place in the Chicago area, because it's like, oh, I'm I'm from near there. And I was like, oh, Candyman takes place in Chicago, too. We got some yeah. Chicago horror boys bullying yeah. in Chicago. That's so cool. Hell I love yeah. how Andy is like in a high rise apartment in downtown Chicago. And then he moves to the suburbs. I'm like, fuck, I'm so jealous of that kid right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God damn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, and a question I have for you is like, when you watched Nightmare, like, because I know that my child's play two is your Nightmare two. Yeah. Uh, did did you develop like strange phobias because of that movie? Because I did with Child's Play two. Like, I I'm till this day, till this day, I'm cautious anytime I go downstairs that are open, like that with the open back stairs. You know, obviously, I'm not as scared as I was when I was a kid, where I'm like. Uh Okay, now I got to run down the stairs. I'm not like that anymore. But as a kid, I remember being like, I have to get down these stairs as fast as possible because Chucky could be pulling my leg out from beneath it. And uh-huh. same with like the the one I still always check the backseat of my car every time I get into it. And that's like the first kill in uh, Child's Play 2 is yep. the strangulation in the car. Okay, that scene is fucking funny, though. I love oh, that scene man. with the car, and he, Chucky's just laughing at him. I think that's hilarious. Exactly. I, he just has a gad on him. Yeah, I just like thought, I was like, Chucky I was like, strap. <laughs> I literally turned to my girlfriend, we were watching this, and I was like, dang, Chucky's strapped right now. I'm fucking wild right now. <laughs> it's like crazy. I know. It's like, what's he doing with a gun? How'd he get a gun? <laughs> and also, as much as we love that intro, I'm happy to hear that you liked it as well, like the, the opening intro to yes. Child's Play 2. I think it's beautiful and it looks so good and it like sets the tone for the whole movie. It's one of the strongest openings. Yes. But it's also so fucking stupid. <laughs> Cause it's yeah. like, why, why are they, why, are, why just build a different toy? Just the real go, villains is yeah, exactly. Or buy, buy a different toy. Why are why are they refurbishing this one that allegedly killed a bunch of people right. and is like burnt to a crisp? That's hilarious. I was just so down for it when I saw the two boys talking about it in the suits. I was just like, yes, we need we need yeah. a scapegoat. And I, I want these yeah. CEOs to be it. I'm so happy with it. And it goes by so quick. Like, it's such a fast movie. Like, that's oh. the other talking point I had. It's like, it's such a quick movie. The first one I like, but I know there was some parts where I was yawning. And I was like, okay, am I going to be able to watch the second one tonight or no? But as soon as the second one started kicking in, I was like, fuck, I am up. Dude, I totally agree. And I actually, I, I was going to talk about that today as well. Is that like, it's like it's paced for an, for a mind that just, you know, needs constant stimulation. And like, you know, that doesn't mean that the, obviously the first one is better at building dread and everything like that. Right. It's better at being scary. But uh-huh. Child's Play 2, the energy of that film just speaks to people who are my age when I saw it. And still watching it till this day, I said the exact same thing to my girlfriend last night where I was like, man, this movie pops off quick. 
Because yeah. it's like once he starts killing, he's killing the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like every 10 minutes you can expect a pretty funny, cool kill with a couple one-liners. Yeah, it's a movie that's so... I feel like it's so aware of what it is. Like, okay, we're part two of this, I think, really successful first movie. So let's just keep that material going, but give more of maybe some other stuff. And that's what it did really well. It gave more kills. It was more Brad Dorf uh, doing the voice acting. Uh, it just... It works really well. And for the phobias I got um, from Nightmare 2, I guess, to answer your first question, um, I was really nervous of public shower rooms because there's that whipping scene. And then, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> so like in high school it was I, I went to a Catholic middle school for three years and then I went to public school in high school. And you'd have the showers in there. And I always was like, I guess, do I fucking take the shower? Or no. So I did one time. <laughs> and so I was like, yo, who the fuck's in the shower right now? And yeah, I was like, oh, my God. I was so fucking terrified. And You were worried about getting your ass whipped to death, literally. Yeah. And then just like gym class in general would stress me out because like, you know, Jesse gets embarrassed in gym class in that movie with his pants being pulled down and just like the teacher not liking him. So I was just always like, I don't want to look really embarrassing in front of all these people who are watching me in gym class right now. So that was a phobia <laughs> I had through high school that um, is even still today. Like, I don't know how mans are out here in public rooms before COVID, like showing off their their ass cheeks in public restrooms and their old balls and stuff. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I'm like, yeah. not about that at all. No, I know. Yeah, I'll take the stall, please. <laughs> right yeah i'm like i'll act like i'm taking a shit if i have to change instead you know yeah <laughs> uh, another one is <laughs> is jesse's dad he bangs his head so fucking hard on the top of his oven when he's checking like the stove and like he like plays it off like it's nothing he just like smacks his head and he's like no it's fine it's fine and then he blames jesse for something for me that scene is like i, I get really nervous when i like have to duck my head under things and it's because that scene i don't want to bump my head as hard as he fucking did in that movie yeah it's such That's a weird awesome. little detail, but it's like I, I know. Believe. But the, these things they get they get embedded into our heads when we're when we're younger, especially like obviously we weren't supposed to be seeing these films when we were at the ages that we were. But it's mm-hmm. it's so funny watching how you know that shit sticks with you forever. I have another friend Tyler who yeah, Freddy's dead is his thing. Like it's it's the ear the ear kill and Freddy's dead. Yeah. He can't uh-huh. handle it. It's a, it's still like the guy knows more about horror movies than anyone I know. And he he's terrified of that scene still. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, I I think the things that leave impressions on you, you know, they did their job well. You know, I totally agree. Yeah, I wish I saw these movies, like at least these first two to start. I can't wait to go through more of this franchise, which I definitely plan on doing now. Even though it's noir vember, quote unquote, I won't have as much patience for noirs like I do for horror movies. So I have to sneak yeah. those in. Uh, for sure. But, Man, Child's Play 2, it does go by really quick, and it is really fun. I was bummed to see it didn't have a boutique label release like the first one, though, right? Yeah, no, I think the only the only way that you can really get Child's Play 2 is, like, I think MGM has, like, just a single disc that just has the movie, and that's it. There's no special features. Like, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing that's on this box set here uh, that I have. But, like, if this box is so fairly priced, too. Like, I remember when it came out, I was like, man... I love loving things that not everyone else likes mm-hmm. because that means it's going to be cheaper for me or, yeah. you know, like I love that. And that's how this, this box set, I, I, I don't know how much it is now, but it's one of the oh. best purchases I made for it's like, so- I, I love the whole series. Yeah. It's always on sale. It's like one of those, like where just the disc podcasts always like tweet out like Blu-ray deal alerts. Yeah. That one's always like one of those often mentioned. So totally. 
I think I need yeah. to like snag that because I remember my girlfriend's dad was like asking me if I had seen these. And I said, no. And he's like, do you, I'm surprised you don't own them, you know, because he like, he knows I collect all these movies. Yeah. And oh, I was man, like, there's no way we can all keep up with everything that everybody has seen. There's always going to be blind spots for all of us. Right. I love that, that I got to be here for your first time watching Child's Play too. And I'm happy that you enjoyed it. Oh yeah. I was just like, I, I was like, I was like optimistic, but I didn't actually think I'd have as much fun as I did with the second. I was like, I was bursting laughing, but also I was just like, oh, that's really good. Cause I thought the best thing I took away from the first movie, which was a, it's a really great movie. But the thing I took away was that one scene where he's like burnt and he's crawling towards Andy in the hallway. I'm like fucking magnificent shot right yeah. there. Like beautiful. Entirely. The second one, it's just like, I'm just having just a good time all around, you know? I agree. I agree. And then, yeah, you have all the moments of uh, Chucky really starts popping out as one-liners in this yes. one. Like, it's kind of like how, and I know I mentioned a million times already by this point, but Freddy really becomes a different character in part two. And yeah. you get a, a glimpse of what you can expect in the future from that character. And the same thing happens with Chucky. And mm -hmm. I, But I feel like he's definitely, like, it is like, he's pretty damn Looney Tunes in this one. <laughs> uh, tough to, it's tough to top for three i know a lot of people really hate three i grew Ooh. up with three and i know it's i know it's bad and i know it's not good but i still like it <laughs> uh that's another <laughs> one that like you know I, it's definitely without a doubt not as good as two but yeah. uh, it has the same things it's the the elaborate set pieces at the end like the climax of these movies is so important for a successful chucky movie and right. none of them none of them exceed the way the child's play two exceeds in that yeah. toy factory oh my god <sighs> It's yeah, still, I kept it's thinking, so good. I kept thinking, like, I'm terrified right now because there's so many of them. And then when his arm is, when he's turning more and more of a human, there's some really good gore in there, especially with his arm. He pulls out himself. I was, like, squeamish. Dude, yeah, there. it is so gory. It's so gory, and it's so creative. And I love how, uh, that's the other thing that I love about the Chucky movies that not all of the slashers do, is they really try every time to be like, hey, there's no fucking way this <laughs> thing's coming back. But they're going to be like, there's going to be a way to bring him back. We yeah. can literally blow him up. And that's what yeah. they do in child's play too. Like that. I sent you that GIF, and it's, it's amazing. Like that whole scene of him. It's like a big trouble in little China when his head's exploding and yeah. oh God, it's so good. Yeah. My girlfriend, she was just like, ew, that's actually too much. I'm like, I, I need more of this stuff. I was just I like know. eating it up, you know, I was like, so good. And it makes it so much better when you have Brad Dourif scream in the background too. <laughs> Like where he's just like losing it and swearing and being as vulgar as hell. Like yep. I have the, the movie, these movies, like one of the first things I think about when I think about child's play movies is my, I don't know if like your mom or any of your parents or, you know, people who did this, but my mom would always go. Oh, oh. And that was like <laughs> perpetually happening during child's yes. plays her going, Oh geez. Yeah. Oh, it's just yeah. The, the teeth clack or whatever the fuck. Okay. So there was a part in this movie where my girlfriend, girlfriend's dad was watching, and I was like, there's a lot more cursing in this one. And I started to feel that weight, and I was like, oh, shit, how much more time is on this movie? Because I don't know how much swearing he can take. Yeah. And, like, in my household with my mom, like, I mean, she'd fucking curse at me and say, like, hey, I fucking love you, piece of shit, you know? No, yeah. she wouldn't say that. She would say that. Yeah. She'd be like, I, you know, she called me an idiot, but, like, I love you. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um, but... <laughs> With him, and I was just, like, nervous. Like, I don't know if they're going to take the swearing really well. But I loved it. I was, like, cracking up. Whenever he'd say, like, like you know, he would just... The way he'd curse at Kyle, I was like, it doesn't age well, but it also is really funny, you know? I, oh, man, I agree. Like, the, are we talking about the woman drivers? 
Yeah. Like when yeah. He, yeah. Like I'm like, man, does that one <laughs> like the what a what a stupid like there could have been <laughs> ten different ways he could have gone about this one, and that's where you're gonna go at. But at the yeah. same time, that kind of explains Chucky as a character. He's just a yeah. little asshole. He's a serial killer. Do we want him to be likable? Do we want right? him? Do we want him to say things that we kind of sympathize with him? No. He's a yeah. psychopath, a serial killer who put himself in a doll. I love like these slasher um, genre horror icons that like have these personalities that are so crazy. You know, like Freddy and you get like Chucky um, versus and, and you can get, I guess, like with the new It movies as well with uh, Bill Skarsgård, which I think yeah. his, his Pennywise is iconic already. As yeah, is. it's great. I like um, it too. But I always tend to like those movies and those characters way more because of their personalities versus like i love halloween and the friday movies i'm working through but the ones i have seen i really really liked but i something about silent protagonists in a way and like the dread of like other people talking about them because they themselves can't speak i can't relate to and enjoy as much as like these flamboyant characters does that make sense no it totally makes sense and that's the thing is like there's i like i i'm a huge fan of halloween and friday as well and They are different beasts, but at the same time, there isn't a single Friday the 13th that's actually scary to me. (laughs) So, like, I've always just liked them a lot. Like, I love Jason. I have him tattooed on me. Like, I'm a big (laughs) fan. But at the same time, it's like, it makes it more enjoyable for a younger audience to watch, like, Chucky. Just, like, you know, you fully embrace what he is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I definitely I love his personality in it. But the other thing that I love about Child's Play 2 so much is it introduces I'm sure this has been introduced before this, but I'm just going to say that it was Child's Play that did it. The (laughs) final the final kid. Like Andy's the final girl, but he's a final kid. And I love and they care. They continue that through uh, the first three films. And I, I I love that. Like I I love even though like when you watch Ch- Child's Play three came out less than a year after Child's Play two, and uh-huh. Andy's now a teenage boy in a military school. Oh so, boy! Yeah, enjoy that. <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. <laughs> it sounds That's wild. It. I love like and Andy's baller ass move to go and grab an electric turkey knife to face Chucky. <laughs> I'm just like man, this is the type of shit I'd be doing. Like when I was that, like that young, is be like what. What I need, I need something that's going to be able to help me. Yeah, and yeah. I love Electric these movies. Turkey knife. <laughs> I love these movies where these traumatized kids, obviously, they don't have adults that are relating to them. And I'm like, oh, fuck off, you know. And it's like yeah. give this, like these teenagers, these kids, and they're trying to survive. And they're just these hard ass badasses. I love that stuff. I agree, and I also I love how emotionless Andy is in the first two. <laughs> like he's very like Alex Vincent is pretty emotionless, and I think that it ages it. Like it really ages well because he just seems like a dry little smart ass. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's why I like him. I mean, he's the type of kid who could survive something like this. And yeah, uh, I, just, I, I love his character. Yeah, he, he's a really good protagonist, and I do feel for him too. It's like he has nothing else to lose. It's like and I love how he seamlessly, without bother, explains both Chucky is trying to kill me. You know? Yeah. It's like no big deal. He knows what he's yeah. doing. Let the kid take care of the business, you know? <laughs> yeah. I loved all that stuff. And I love, I love, I just love that this series exists. It's such yeah. a bizarre series to be a Hollywood series. Like, of course, like if we were to sit down and like, you know, just openly pitch all of the eighties classics, like, uh, you know, Freddie, Jason, Michael, Chucky, Leprechaun, even like mm-hmm. Chucky would be the dumbest one. Like it would sound, it would sound like it's just like, that's not going to be scary. That's not going to be good. 
and they yeah. did it anyways and they they succeeded <laughs> i think yeah i think right like right time it came out you know totally um man so i'm so in love with that passion that you have for this franchise that's like i think the reason i really want to jump into these um was not only just i really enjoy like the first two like they're to me they're like toe-to-toe it's almost like a tcm like texas chainsaw massacre one and two for me you know we're like i really like the original but man that sequel is like it's so much fun right next to yeah. it you know it's a completely different beast and that's a great example is texas because texas chainsaw massacre is a masterpiece but mm-hmm. texas chainsaw massacre massacre part two is just so much fun to watch and it's so enjoyable and i love taking something that sinister and making it just goofy and fun yeah so i'm with you man people are listening and like what what kind of what is that mentality and it's like a lot of trauma and a lot of really great horror movies and i'm not apologizing (laughs) you know that's exactly that's exactly what it is Uh, the best part about podcasting is knowing that there's more than just you out there who's feeling this way because there's a lot of there's a lot of us weirdos we just you know we whoever's in charge of this whole thing uh, put us all in different places. So we had to communicate through the internet. Right. Well, <laughs> if, if we were together, we'd be too powerful. <laughs> right. If there's people listening, I'd love to hear like opinions on like, cause like when you brought it up, I'm like, I don't think I've seen many people talk about like, it's got Daniel because he's the only person I know who's seen these movies. I don't see much buzz about just child's play in general in that franchise. So hopefully with this episode, I can get some more opinions and all from the audiences that have seen these and maybe we can get some more Chucky stands out there on the Twitter feeds. Eh? Oh yeah. We always need more Chucky stands. <laughs> so Mitch, uh, what do you got? What do you got planned going for the terror table anytime soon? Uh, this coming, I guess I'm not sure when this is going to air, but, uh, our next episode, we're bringing on a band from Boston, Massachusetts called driveways. They're a pop punk band uh-huh. and they just recently released an album called October forever. And it's one of my favorite albums of the year. And I've been listening to these guys for a couple of years and they just dropped their new album on Friday. It's uh-huh. called October forever. And there's tons of references to horror movies in it. So I was like, hey, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I, yeah, I truthfully didn't. I just put it on because I was like, hey, I I dug this band's last release. I'm going to check this out. Um, So I checked it out and I I love it. It's, it just kind of, it's like listening to people who grew up with the same music that I grew up with, writing an update to it at 30 (laughs) years old. And uh, so, yeah, we're lucky enough. I sent them a message and they're coming on the show. So they're going to be coming on next week. So it's a, they're a band called Driveways. You can check them out. Other than that, yeah, we just concluded our creature or our Universal Monster series, which was a ton of fun. I'm really happy you enjoyed listening to it. That was one of the most fun. That was one of the most. That was one of my favorite like series that we've done in a long time. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, Cobwebs. I was on Cobwebs recently. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear more from my dumbass, I talked to Daniel. <laughs> that was a good episode because you guys were talking about Scream Boys and Arrow Boys, and I'm such an Arrow Boy, yeah. and none of, none of you guys were on my side. Uh, but then I listened to the next episode on the Terror Table, and I think it was at Kyle who was like, oh, I, I, I've actually been putting on, a, watching a few Arrows, eh? And he's yeah. just like talking about that. I was like, all right, Kyle, like you're my man now for this. Yeah, appreciate yeah that. he just picked up an Arrow. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, I love all that stuff. And um, I guess... Other than that, uh, if, unless you're a local, like a Saskatoon listener, which I, I'm not sure how, yeah, how many the people will be listening from Saskatoon, but uh, we have a film festival coming up. We're running a film festival here. So that's really exciting for me. We're wow. putting on 16 movies at the Broadway Theater, and uh, they're all brand new. It's going to be a ton of fun. Oh, my but, God. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, man. We had uh, last year, we had Joe Dante come out. 
and it was the coolest thing ever. And that's I can't wait to listen to your Gremlins 2 episode because that's another sequel that I'm like, you know, that that would probably have been my second choice next to Charles (laughs) Play 2 is Gremlins 2, the new batch. Yeah, I thought I was a smartass in knowing quite a few different types of sequel movies. But now that I've like had guests who like who've been put me on to like rewatching movies or discovering for the finally for the first time, I've learned so much more and I've become a lot happier too. Dude, that's that's you... the best part. It even if you just take something like for for me, like I start, I love horror movies. Um, I've never been a huge Hammer guy or a huge Vincent Price guy, and mm. Cobwebs has turned me onto that entirely. Like I've. I've been crushing Vincent Price movies like a <laughs> madman, and I've been loving it. And uh, it's it's great. It's it's nice learning more about yourself while you're doing this. Yes, absolutely, man. Well, if you ever are struggling, which I know you never are, but if you ever need a guest, you know my where my DMs are. Just always. It's happening, dude. I've already <laughs> slid in there once. I'm going to slide in there again. You heard it there, folks. Uh, but man, Mitch, thank you so much for being on this show and like gave me the opportunity to pick your brain because I've been wanting to do it for a while. Um, and honestly, just turning me on to this new franchise that I'm about to just go through, uh, my letterbox have been dormant lately, but I need to update it. Cause I think I want to do like a list ranking for like this, these movies after, you know, I always find oh, it interesting yeah. with these movies with so many different entries to like rank them because there's like the ones nobody likes, but I'm like, well, maybe I fucking like it. So yeah, throw it in true. there. Yeah, I just did that with uh, the last time I went through the Friday the 13th movies and I did that on Letterboxd. I'm on Letterboxd as well. I think I'm yeah. just Mitch Oliver. But uh, yep. yeah, I, I was creeping your letterbox and I saw like the last thing you logged was like the Invisible Man. So you got to you got to get popping on there, sir. Yes, I, I get know. It going. It's nice to know someone else besides Daniel and Nathan are get are chirping me on that. Uh, <laughs> so but everyone that's listening, this is Mitch Oliver from the Terror Table, which I think is a must listen to podcast channel. Um, there'll be links to that down below. Um but Mitch, where can uh, people find you and your Terror Table podcast? Sure. Uh, yeah, the Terror Table's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, just at the Terror Table. You can find us right there. And then if you want to follow me specifically, I'm probably most active on Instagram because that's where I just share photos of my movies and what I'm watching and all that kind of stuff. And I'm uh, Blair Mitch 666 at. Oh, yeah, Instagram. make sure to check that Instagram. His IG is honestly pretty popping all the time. So. Thanks. <laughs> But thank you so much, Rich, for being on this uh, episode of Inside the Sequel. I was your host, Chris. Um, And remember, if you're not watching the Child's Play franchise, do you really care about movies? Anyway, we'll see you next time.